What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Space Talk, starting off with a new series called Why Celestial Objects Are Named What They're Named, or just How Are Celestial Objects Named? Uh, so I am your host, Athena Bredsberger, here on Space Talk, and I am just so excited with how much we are growing here on this podcast, um, not just for listeners, but also for the different topics um, that we are covering together, that we are exploring in uh, this entire massive universe. Um, so yesterday, uh, if you didn't join, um, I did an episode on what to look forward to in the new year, so 2022 Space Edition. We've got tons of launches. We have different astronomical events, uh, even some things you can attend, like the Planetary Society's uh, Day of Action, which is March 8th. So, so many cool things there um, for you to partake in for the new year. Um, I'm also going to be doing some things on telescopes soon, just because I myself are hunting for another telescope. And we'll be probably testing out a few more. So look forward to that. So uh, there's a ton of different celestial objects that are just, you know, in our massive universe that have different names. And some of them might be a little more obvious than others. But I think for the most part, uh, unless you're in the field of astronomy, like doing research or just have taken a lot of classes, you might not know why certain objects have a bunch of jumbled up letters and numbers in their name. So we're going to break that down in this series of how objects are named. And today's first episode of that is going to be on comets. So before I go ahead and get started, um, if you haven't already checked out what you can catch in the night sky for this week, either you can listen to last Monday's episode, uh, which is week four of December space events, or you could always just um, look out for the weekly transmission, which I send in your email inbox every Saturday, with the exception of this past Saturday, because I did combine the last two weeks of December together. So I will be starting up fresh in January. I just got my uh, very own Stargazer's Almanac, a huge astronomer's almanac for uh, five years. So it's going all the way until um, 2025. It actually started in 2020. Um, so I'm really excited for that. We're going to put a bunch of cool things together for us to explore. Even got a star chart calendar, uh, to be a great year for astronomy. So jumping into comets and I figured why, uh, why do comets? Well, because there is still a comet that's visible and it, it is going to be, uh, leaving us very soon, which is the comet Leonard, which we spoke about a few weeks ago on a previous episode about how you can catch it in the sky. Right now, it's visible in uh, the late evening, so it's visible in the early morning all throughout early December. Now, it is um, just after sunset is when its visibility begins, but a little bit difficult to catch because it's pretty low on the horizon. I myself haven't had a chance to catch it, and I'm pretty bummed about that, but I have caught the meteor showers, so that's that's a great thing for me to check off my list. Um, but this, this comet, um, along with many other comets, have some different names such as Schumacher Levy 9 or Comet Neowise, which also has the name of C2020F3. So you have these two names that are going on. You have a pretty common like English name like 
like Schumacher or Leonard or Neowise, and then you have a alphanumerical classified name. So this type of astronomical classification. Well, what exactly? Why? Why do we put all that together? Well, for one, you have the year in there, so that's already something that might be a little bit easier for you to sort of sort of process what what what's going on here. But let me break it down. So first of all, astronomers classify comets based on the durations of their orbits around the sun. So short period comets need roughly 200 years or less to complete one orbit, whereas long period comets take more than 200 years, and a single apparition comets are are not even bound to the sun. They're on orbits that take them out of the solar system.、Uh, this is all, you know, of course,、uh, according to what's already been observed of certain certain comets. Sometimes they will be a, a one-time pass, or sometimes they will continue to orbit around the sun. And recently,、uh, scientists have also discovered that there are comets in the main asteroid belt. So that asteroid belt that's located between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter. So these main belt comets might be a key source of water for the interterrestrial planets. So a little cool, interesting fun fact there. But generally, comets are named after their discoverer. So whether it's an astronomer or it's a spacecraft. They typically will take on the name of whoever it is that discovered them. So, as I mentioned before, Schumacher Levy Nine. Now, what that is is it was the ninth short periodic comet that comet to be discovered by Eugene and Carolyn Schumacher and David Levy. So that was a joint discovery, and so it adopted both of their last names, and it was the ninth one discovered at the time, as well as spacecraft. So, as I mentioned, Neowise, or you also have Soho, or just Wise. So sometimes dis-、uh, discoveries are made of comets by using spacecraft. So Neowise, which was a comet visible last year, some of you might have seen it. It went by the name of C slash twenty twenty F three Neowise. It was discovered March twenty seventh, twenty twenty, and That is a very important thing. Keep that in mind. March twenty seventh, twenty twenty, because now we're going to get into the alphabet and why it has F three were in there. You know, it seemed a little more straightforward when you had Schumacher Levy nine because you're like, oh, it's the ninth comet discovered by that joint, you know, that joint、um, research between the two astronomers. Them together, this was the ninth comet that they discovered, so it's named Schumacher Levy nine. But what about this F three for comet Neowise? So. International Astronomical Union now broke down the twelve months into two parts. So we have the twelve months of the year: January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, and each month is divided in half and is assigned a different letter of the alphabet. So we have A through H, and then for some reason they excluded I, and then went from J to Y and excluded Z. So for January. You have A and B, so that's split up in half. The first half of the month of January is designated letter A. The second half of the month is designated letter B. Then you move into February. First half of the month is designated letter C. Second half is designated letter D, and so on and so forth. And so then that continues for the entire、um, the entire year for all twelve months. 
and they each get a certain letter. So now if we go back and, and revisit, um, let's see, we had Comet C2020 F3 Neowise. It's given the name Neowise because it was discovered by the Neowise uh, spacecraft, which has a full name of Near Earth Object Wide Field Infrared Survey Explorer. So super, super long name. Uh, this is why they always get acronyms, uh, which is, is kind of an ongoing joke in the, in the science community of just the, the acronyms with the NASA and the space industry in general. It's like pretty funny, but it's just because there's so many big, big words that are put together for a lot of these satellites and what their jobs are. So that is um, an explanation as to why it got the name Neowise. But now F3, if we go to check it out and we look at our list, if we were to do this at home and write out January, February, March, April, May, June, July, and split each month in half and giving it one letter for the first half, one letter for the second half, um, you can end up seeing what F3 stands for. So if you look at March, F is, March has E for the first half of the month and F for the second half of the month. And so if we check the date it was discovered, March 27th, that makes sense why now it has the letter F because that is for the second half of March, which the 27th falls under. The reason it has the number three is because it was the third comet discovered in that second half of March of 2020. So that's put together. Now, uh, before I go into a music break, I'm going to set a task for my listeners. What would the comet be named if I discovered it, the, if I discovered the first comet on September 1st of 2022, what would its designation name be? And I'd love to, I'd love to take a caller um, for that, but I'm going to go ahead and put the music on, but just for a quick music break, try to put together the pieces, figure out what you think the comet might be named. So once again, what would the comet be named if I discovered the first one of December 1st? of 2022. All right, jumping back in, um, I am going to open up the chat for anyone who wants to join the call and see if they can guess that. I do see that while I'm live, I have one listener, so no pressure if you don't want to join. It's totally okay. Um, otherwise, I think it would be really fun to sort of just maybe keep this open-ended and see if anyone can leave a comment in a future um, in the future who ends up listening to the after recording of this episode to see what the comet would be named if I discovered it 
um, the very f I discovered the first comet on September 1st of 2022. So I think that's a really, really fun task. And maybe you can do it with yourself or even with um, any of your friends. So again, um, if you'd like to, to join in and, and guess, that would be awesome. If not, totally cool too. I think that this is something we should probably keep in mind for whenever, say, we are stargazing um, or if we're doing some, some deep exploration of the cosmos, either with our telescopes in our backyard doing amateur astronomy and citizen science, or if we are doing research and actually hunting for comets or looking for any type of near-Earth object that is moving, because this is how these things get discovered. And... A little fun fact, uh, while I give us a little bit more time to maybe guess what the answer is for that question, is one of the most famous comet hunters. goes by the name of Charles Messier. He's a French astronomer who is, you probably know his name from the Messier catalog, uh, a pioneer of deep sky objects. I mean, he really is it did such a great job of catalog cataloging the very first deep sky objects to be discovered discovered tons of them and what's even funnier is i wouldn't say necessarily it was by accident but it was more so for him to try to avoid them in fact he titled his catalog objects to avoid and this was different things like uh, galaxies, which at the time he didn't know were galaxies. He thought they were gas clouds like nebulae. Um, didn't know just yet that Andromeda was its own galaxy. Thought it was an, a nebula that was close to us. Um, and globular clusters and open star clusters and supernova remnants. All of these objects um, that are considered deep sky objects. He had written 110 of them down as he had detected them. Uh, while searching for comets and said, nope, this is not a comet. It's just some fuzzy object in space, but avoid it at all costs. You know, we know it's, it's right now. We just, that's not what we're looking for. And so it's one of my favorite stories in, in astronomy. And when it comes to discoveries, because it was just something so funny. And now it turns out to be the super famous catalog of the best things that you can catch, you know, for, for either astronomy enthusiasts or for astrophotographers or even on top of that, for um, the better understanding of how massive and expansive our universe is. Uh, if it wasn't for cataloging these, astronomers after Charles Messier's time wouldn't have been able to then figure out and discover that, oh, wait, these are some of these are, are huge galaxies. There are whole other galaxies. And the Milky Way is a galaxy, too. It's not the universe. In fact, we are something smaller in the universe and it just totally shifted perspective by the time Hubble came around and um, I would say if, if it wasn't for the pioneer of uh, Charles Messier none of that would have happened so on that note um, what I'm going to do is I am going to let you guys know what the name of this comet would be if I discovered it um, unless one more opportunity if you wanted to join Otherwise, I will name it and then I will explain how I got to that name. So if I, Athena Brentsberger, discovered the first comet of September 1st, 2022, it would be named Brentsberger C slash 2022 R1. So if you got R1, awesome job. 
Um, so if you were to now, I recommend doing what I did. So what I did was I typed out January, February, March, April, May, June, all the way to December. And then next to January, I put in parentheses A, B. February is C, D. March is E, F. April, G, H. May, J, K. Because remember, we're skipping I. Not sure why, but the International Astronomical Union uh, decided to choose 24 letters, which are A through H and J through Y. So if you keep that going and you check for September, the first half of September is the letter R. The second half of September is the letter S. And so if I am the first one to have discovered the first comet in the first half of September, so September 1st, 2022, it would be designated R1. So there we go. That is how you can figure out what exactly comets uh, are, why they're named, what they're named, how they're named, what they're named. And if you discover one, how you would name it. This is also, of course, a great way to determine what the date was when it was discovered. All that information is found within its name. Because again, you look at C slash 2022 R1, you know that C stands for comet. It was discovered in the year 2021. R, you just have to remember the letters of the alphabet and what month that letter is designated to. And then depending on the number that follows, you'll be able to guess which comet, um, which, which, yeah, comet it was that was discovered. Was it the first, second, third, fourth, fifth? Maybe somehow there were 20 comets discovered in the same first half of September. And maybe I was like the fourth or fifth or sixth person it then would be named R4 or R5 or R6. So hope you follow kind of what, what, I'm, what I'm going at here. But that is the, the easiest, most clear way for astronomers to classify comets, not just by their name, because what do we do if the same person who discovered one comet ends up discovering five, six, seven, 20 other comets or a spacecraft, say a spacecraft discovers dozens of comets. You can't name all the comets after that spacecraft because then you won't know which one is which. And, and well, that, you can think of a few reasons why that's important. <laughs> one major reason being uh, if any of them are on a path towards Earth <laughs> and we need to make sure that we, we calculate the correct comet's trajectory and speed, and if we need to do a, a redirect mission, that we're capable of doing that. And quick side note, speaking of redirect missions, one of the things that I had listed out in the previous episode of what to look forward to in the new year of 2022 Space Edition is you have NASA's DART mission, which is going to be exploring um, redirecting an asteroid. So basically what the goal of this is to slam it into an asteroid and s figure out what it would take to throw a dangerous space rock, say like a, an asteroid that's coming towards Earth, to throw it off its collision course. What do we need to do to you know redirect that mission or maybe explode it? And so that is just one more little tip about what I mentioned in our previous episode about what to look forward to for 2022. So we got that DART mission, redirecting a comet if it's on a collision course with Earth. And then you also have the Psyche mission, 
which is launching August 2022. And that's going to be exploring a very metal-dominated asteroid that may have once been part of a core of a long-dead planet. So that's going to be really exciting. So with those two missions, keep a lookout for the categories of those names, because asteroids are slightly different when it comes to the names and how astronomers classify them than comets. And so we'll be doing that in the next episode of how objects are named in astronomy. So once again, just to give a little bit of a rundown of what we went over today, what we explored, which is what comets are named, why they're named after their discoverer, followed by the year, a certain letter designation, depending on which month it is, followed by the number in which the comet was discovered. Was it the first comet discovered that month, second, third, fourth, so on and so forth. So I hope that next time you go check out a comet, you get to look at the number and figure out what exactly uh, it is, what it stands for. I'm going to go ahead and do one more quick music break, and then we are going to summarize and conclude our conversation about how objects are named in space. Alrighty, let's go ahead and sum up today's episode on how celestial objects are named. Episode one is comets, how comets are named. Um, I'm going to just do two more quick examples um, just so that we really start to understand it because we there's a comet that is most famous to all of us known as Halley's Comet. And I thought that that one would be probably a really, really good example of, um, yeah, how, how exactly comets are named. So Halley's Comet also goes by the name of 1P or P1. And if you want to think about, um, if you want to think about where exactly that's located, think about the letter P for a, for a, for a second. As I mentioned earlier, each of the letters are represented uh, by a different month and each month is split up in two the first half of the month of January is the letter A. Second half of the month of January is the letter B. If you continue that all the way until December, but ex but by skipping the letters I and Z, you'll be able to figure out what exactly 1P is. So I'm going to give you all an opportunity to um, try to give me the date of when that was discovered or which month and which 
which comet it was that was discovered in which part of the month. And we will explore that together. So this is going to be, I think, a really fun task for um, not only say like if you want to maybe discover a comet one day, how you'll name it, but also to to just look at catalogs or maybe if you're in an astronomy class or if you're reading a news article that says, you know, this comet with all these different letters and numbers, you'll be able to put it together and get exactly what they're talking about. Um, it'll be also more beneficial for reading through scientific journals, which sometimes can use lingo that we're not really familiar with. So I'm going to give everyone an opportunity if you want to join the call and try to give me a guess as to what month and which part of the month Halley's Comet was discovered. Um, and you will have that opportunity in just a moment. And at the same time, we also can explore Comet Leonard which goes by C2021A1. All right. So let's go ahead and finalize our episode with a little bit of music as I do the grand reveal. Comet Leonard with A1 means it was discovered. It was the first comet, it has the number one, discovered the beginning half of January. So we understand that the first half of January has the letter A. And so Comet Leonard was A1. And so it was the first discovered comet of the first half of January of the year 2021. Now, Halley's Comet is a little bit different. So this one has doesn't have the the date of the year listed in its name. Um, There are some exceptions where you will see that. But uh, if for reference, it is year 1758. But 1P would mean that it was the first comet discovered in the first half of August. So Halley's Comet was the first comet discovered in the first half of August. So the P letter represents that first half of the month of August. Once again, if you start to break down the alphabet and you break down each month, you'll be able to see each of these are located at different parts of the year. So again, F3 would be the second half of March. You have A1 is the first half of January and so on and so forth. So I hope that this gave you a little bit more clarity on how comets are named, why they're named after not only their discoverer, but also an astronomical classification. And hopefully in the future, if you ever discover a comet, you'll be able to name it whatever you'd like and maybe, of course, um, be able to put its date in its name. So what we're going to be doing in the next episode of How Objects Are Named will be to explore asteroids and then to explore planets because planets get a little bit interesting when they're outside our solar system. Once again, Thank you all so much for joining me here on Space Talk. My name is Athena Brensberger, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and clear skies to each and every one of you. Ad Astra.